0: I'm going to talk this morning. Uh, I'm going to share a message called "I I Am the Vine." Um, how many of you uh, prob- probably you don't want to raise your hand on this one? I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. <laughs> how many of you like every time you come into a new year, like you set you set New Year's goals, and uh, you know that's just kind of the thing we do. How many of you again probably don't want to raise your hand? How many of you, if you were to be honest you would look back on your 2022 goals and you didn't achieve all of them. Ah, a couple of people who went ahead and raised their hand, that's cool, thank you. Because I, I, I'm raising my hand. In fact, my biggest goal for 2022, I completely failed at. You know what my biggest goal for 2022 was? Desire's laughing because she knows what it was. My biggest goal for 2022 was to have fun. Now, you're laughing at me, but some of you know me. I I can have a tendency to be a little bit intense. I can have a tendency to be a little bit or a lot focused and intense and uh, just driven. It's called a type A personality. I'm a type A personality. And so... um, Somebody said to me in my life, they said, you should have more fun. And I'm like, I, I am having fun. No, all you're doing is working all the time. No, work is fun. That's that's what I always say. But um, in 20, as we went into 2022, I turned to Desiree uh, and I said, as we were beginning the new year, I said, you know what I'm, I'm going to do? I'm going to have more fun because I looked at my life and I realized that I was working really, really hard and really, really intense, and I was really, really focused. But, but I wasn't enjoying everything that God had brought into my life. I wasn't enjoying the moments. And there's something, maybe there's something about getting older. Uh, maybe there's something about being in a season of life where where some of my kids are are, are moving out and and they're moving into different phases of their life. Uh, I don't know what it is, but, but I realized as I went into 2022 that I just, I wasn't fully appreciating or fully enjoying everything that was going on in my, I wasn't enjoying you, I wasn't enjoying this experience as much as I, I should be, and, and, and so my goal going into 2022 was, man, I'm, I'm just gonna have more fun, I'm gonna take time to just breathe it in and to enjoy more, and to be honest with you, 2022 just kicked me in the head, and I I tried so hard to have fun, and I did have fun at times, but to be honest with you, as my big goal for the year, I I didn't, I didn't achieve that goal. I, I can't look back on 2022 and say, "Man, that was the year I had the most fun in my life ever." And And that's really what I wanted. And it's sad because there were a lot of incredible things that happened in 2022, but there were also a lot of incredible challenges. And and what I found was that no matter how hard I worked at it, I couldn't make that happen. I couldn't achieve that emotion. I couldn't achieve that feeling on my own. How many of you, um, if you were to be really, really honest this morning, you would say, you know what? On my own, I couldn't make my goals happen. Yeah, there's a few of us. Well, this morning I'm going to talk to you um, out of out of the book of John. There's a whole there's a whole passage or, or, or an intense interaction that Jesus has with his disciples that has been one of those uh, passages that I've come back to over and over and over again, just because of. Um, I believe the intensity level of the interaction that Jesus has with his disciples, it's always fascinated me. It's right. It's right at the end where where Jesus has uh, has celebrated Passover with the disciples, they celebrated the Lord's table, much like we did this morning. And at the end of the evening, of course, um, if you've read the passage or read the exchange, of course, the interaction happens with Judas. And uh, and it, it's clear that Judas is going to betray Jesus. And then the interaction happens with Peter. And uh, you remember Peter saying, you know, Jesus, I'll never deny you. And uh, Jesus is like, Peter, not only are you going to deny me, but you're going to deny me like three times. But in like the next just little bit of time, you need to calm down. You remember that interaction. And I, it's like when I'm reading that scripture, it's. It's like I hear background music and, you know, when you're watching a show or something and the background music is building and it's getting intense and intense. I feel like I feel that when I'm reading this uh, exchange because there's this weird moment in which Jesus turns to these 12 people who are his best friends, who have been walking closely with him, and he, he looks at them and he says, one of you is going to deny me. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that is to be in that moment with Jesus? What? One of us? We've walked the closest with you. We love you passionately. And of course, Peter, with his personality type, says, no way, Jesus, I would never betray you. And Jesus looks at one of his closest friends, one of his most vocal supporters, and says, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I can only imagine as Jesus has sucked the air out of the room. And the disciples are looking at him. And then you pick up in John chapter 14. And I encourage you to go read this later. The beginning of John chapter 14 after Jesus has said, One of you is going to betray me. And Peter says, I would never betray you. And Jesus says, yes, you are. You're gonna betray me also. And then John chapter 14, Jesus starts into this speech and he says, but don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be okay. How crazy, that Jesus has just told them, somebody's going to deny me. One of them says, no, I'll never deny you. And Jesus says, yeah, you're not the one I'm talking about in particular, but you're going to deny me also. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't be heartbroken. In this intense moment where I'm telling you I'm about to leave you, I'm about to go, this utopian experience that we have together is about to change. There's about to be a tremendous shift in our relationships, and in your relationship dynamics, your trust of one another is going to be shattered. Everything that you think you know is turned upside down, but don't let your hearts be troubled. And then Jesus moves into, in John chapter 14, John chapter 14, 15, 16, really a conversation where he begins to lay out for the disciples the secret, the secret of how they're going to survive the most difficult moment in their life. The secret of how they're going to survive The greatest betrayal that they will ever experience. Not only where they betray one another, but where they betray themselves. The greatest betrayal that you'll ever experience is when you betray yourself. And they're being brought face to face with this idea that as confident as they are in their spirituality and as confident as they are in their their band of brotherhood, their relationship with one another, they're about to experience the greatest letdown and the greatest brokenness that they could ever experience. And Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Instead, let me give you the secret. Let me give you the secret for fruitfulness in spite of betrayal. Let me give you the secret for sustainability in spite of your world being turned upside down. And Jesus said, here it is. Here's the secret. Are you ready? The secret is interdependence. The secret is interdependence. The secret is I am the vine and you are the branches. Interdependence means to exist By virtue of relatedness to something else. To exist by virtue of relatedness to something else. I've learned in my life that my willpower will only get me so far. That my ability to muscle things up and make things happen Will only get me so far that sometimes in life there are things that I simply cannot control. And when those things come my way, no matter how strong I am, no matter how hard I work, sometimes I can't make it happen. Are you a make it happen kind of person? Some of you are a make it happen kind of person. Some of you are like, I ain't making anything happen. Regardless of what your personality type is, all of us have to understand that sometimes life throws us things that we can't control, that we can't muscle our way through, that we can't change. Sometimes things happen that we simply cannot comprehend or understand. Here's what you've got to get about this moment in time when Jesus is with his disciples in in John chapter 13, 14, 15, and he's trying to help them to comprehend the fact that he is about to go to the cross and that he is about to make the ultimate sacrifice, they had no idea what he was talking about. They were totally confused. Life had thrown something at them that was so far outside of their theology and so far outside of their culture and so far outside of their understanding that he might as well have been saying wah, 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 wah. They couldn't understand what he was talking about. And here he was saying, one of you is going to betray me. And they're like, we're a band of brothers. We would never betray him. We love him. We know him. We know each other. And he says, yes, you're all. In fact, you, Peter, you're most vocal when you're going to betray me also. They had no ability to understand it. And Jesus said, listen, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to tell you the secret. The secret is this interdependence. What? What does that mean? It means this I'm the vine and you're the branches if you will comprehend that your existence is reality because it is found in me then not only are you going to make it but you're going to be fruitful if you will embrace the idea that you are fully realized as you are found in me not only are you going to make it but you're going to be fruitful. When you get to the place where you I where you understand that you don't have to not just try to do this on your own, but you don't have to do anything on your own. Some of us have some areas in our life where we we're like me, we're like man, I realize I can't I can't do that part on my own and what Jesus was trying to say to his disciples was you don't have to do anything on your own that I've called you to a place of relationship where you don't do anything on your own. I'm gonna read from John chapter 14. Let me read part of this to you. Verse 23 to 27 says this. Jesus answered them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the words that you hear hear Is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. The things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Hear this. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I told you, the things that Jesus was talking about, the people who were following him at that time had Uh, they they did not have the capacity to understand it. One of the key concepts of chapter 14, 13, 14, 15, and 16 that is so difficult and and that we learn so much about through this discourse is the Trinity. One of the reasons that Jesus was crucified was because the Jewish people believe there is one God. They believe there's one God. When Jesus came and said, I am the son of God, and then he said, I am God, that's what got them upset. That's one of the reasons that they crucified him was because they felt like that he was blaspheming God. They did not have the mental capacity to understand the Trinity. And if there's any of you in this room who think that you can explain the Trinity to me, I would love to talk to you after service. One of the great complexities, one of the great ambiguities, one of the most difficult things to explain within Christianity is the Trinity. And it upset so many people that, that, that were around Jesus. It's what put him to the cross because Jesus wasn't saying there's multiple gods. Jesus was agreeing there is one God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In Christianity, we believe in one God. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16, Jesus begins to talk about or begins to explain the intradependence of the triune Godhead. He explains the interdependence of God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And it was blowing their minds. And he was using as the backdrop of the interdependence of God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit to explain their interdependence as his followers. One does not exist without the other, and one's existence gives life to the other. That's good stuff right there. That's the closest thing you're gonna get to a concise understanding of the Trinity. One does not exist without the other and by nature of their existence, they give animation or life to the other. That is how it works in the Trinity, and that's how it works for us as those who are followers of Jesus Christ. We have no existence, we have no existence outside of our, of our connection to Father God through the work of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what these chapters teach us. And Jesus was trying to explain this to his disciples in light of the moment in which they were going to experience their greatest failure and their greatest need for a power that existed outside of themselves. Jesus says to them, listen, if anyone loves me, he's going to keep my word and my father will love him. What? Wow, what interesting use of words. Get this, peace, confidence, and fruitfulness will elude The unconvinced. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, if you go back and you read this, and I encourage you to do this during your daily 20, you go back and you read this. Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples, and his disciples, uh, Thomas, Andrew, they're like, okay, Jesus, help me to understand this. Explain this to me. Where are you going? What are you going to do when you get there? How am I a part of this bigger picture? You just told Peter that he's going to deny you along with somebody else who's going to deny you. Jesus, help me to understand what's going on. Show me the Father. Jesus says, listen, if you haven't seen the Father in all of this time that I've been with you, then you haven't seen anything because everything that I do is the Father. Because the Father's expression on the earth is me. And my existence on the earth is through his empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We're one. We're interdependent. Jesus says in the same way that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, and in the same way that I'm empowered by the Spirit and the Spirit manifests itself or works through me, That same thing is to be happening in your life as well. And he said, this is is how we're going to know. This is how we're going to know. We're going to know because you obey the words of the Father. Let me flip this question on its head, or flip this statement on its head, and maybe turn it into a question. Maybe this will help us a little bit. In 2022, has peace, confidence, and fruitfulness eluded you? In 2022, has peace, confidence, and fruitfulness eluded you? See, Jesus wanted those who were following him, those who were there that day, who were asking him all of these questions, who were worried about, what was going to happen in the season of their life when everything was about to change. He wanted them to know that, listen, in spite of, in spite of disappointment, in spite of brokenness, in spite of unmet expectations, in spite of, in spite of your world being upside down, you can have peace. And here's how you have peace, doing the will of the Father. In spite of the fact that you have taken great faith and great confidence in your ability to follow me, I'm telling you that in this moment of great stress, you're not going to follow me. You're going to deny me, but you can still be confident. Just like he had said to Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you, but I've prayed for you. Peter, you're going to deny me, but I've already prayed for you. You can have confidence that even in your failure, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Why? Because your identity is found in father because you're an engrafted vine as roman talks romans talks about so you can have this peace you can have this confidence and you can have you can have fruitfulness how is a vine supposed to be fruitful how is a vine supposed to be fruitful when there's barrenness when there's When there's there's nothing to sustain it, when there's nothing to give it life, when everything is thrown upside down, when the field is burned down, how is a vine still going to be fruitful? Jesus says this movement that we are creating, this thing that we're building together, it's about to all get burned down. I'm going to a cross. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to leave you, but you are still going to be fruitful during this season. That's counterintuitive. Imagine you're leading in your mind a great revolution and the leader of the revolution is going to leave and they're going to tell you, not only is the revolution going to keep going, but it's going to be greater than you even imagined it before. How would have that blown your mind? And Jesus says, not only is that possible, not only is it possible, but it's exactly what's going to happen. And here's how it happens. It happens when you do what the father says. Jesus says, here's the secret, guys, the secret to what I've done so far and what you're about to see me do is I'm obeying the Father. Jesus was about to go to the cross. He was about to give his life. He was about to take a beating for humanity and none of them understood it. In fact, there was those among him who were doing everything they could to stop that part from happening. And yet Jesus had already heard from the Father and said, I must do this. And because I'm going to be obedient to the Father, it's gonna, things are going to be fruitful. And Jesus says the secret for you is to be obedient to the Father, even when people don't agree. Even when others can't see it. Even when people don't want to come along for the ride. Even when others deny you. Even when you suffer. Jesus said, I'm obedient to the Father, and because I'm being obedient to the Father, the Father is going to be glorified. Now, for you, the same is true. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter whether people agree with you or not, whether people see it or not, here's the thing you got to do. you got to be obedient to the Father. Some of you came to church this morning, and you are like, I need a word. I need a word for 2023. I've got a word for you. I'm I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. I'm serious, the Lord spoke this to my heart some time back. I've just been waiting, been waiting to today to say it. Here's the word for 2023. Partial obedience is not obedience. That's your word for 2023. Obedience is your word for 2023. Partial obedience is, is not obedience. Some of us, some of us have been treating God as if he was a used car salesman. Some of us have spent our lives trying to negotiate a bargain with Father God. Your father doesn't negotiate. Some of us have been saying, God, I'll do this for you, but I'm gonna hold this part back for myself. And the father says, no, that's not how it works. Jesus said, here's the thing. Here's how you'll know that you love God. You obey him. Some some of us, spiritually and theologically, have been stuck at the place. We've been stuck at the place of trying to get God to prove to us that he loves us so long that we've never moved on to the place where we prove that we love him. Some of us come in every Sunday, okay, God, prove to me that you love me. We sing every song, tears streaming down our face. Oh, he loves me. Every Sunday, it's like it's a new revelation. Oh, today I know he loves me. I feel so good. And we've got this one-sided relationship with the lover of our soul who says, "But, but wait a minute. When do you love me? When do do we see your love for me? We celebrate things like communion and we cry and we say, thank you, Jesus. And we talk about how we believe in the cross. How many times does he have to die? How many times does he have to die before it's worth me laying down my life? We love a bargain in Durban. We love to negotiate in Durban. This I'm want to give you a tip. If you sell anything in this city, here's the key. Here's the key. Whatever price you want to get, just set it higher and then offer them a bargain and you'll sell it for the price you want. That's the key in this city because we like to negotiate. Some of us will spend 200 rand on petrol just to drive somewhere to save 20 rand. (laughs) Your father doesn't negotiate. Pastor, why am I not blessed? You're asking the wrong question. There is nothing at all you can do. There is nothing at all that you can do that can raise or lower the hand of blessing of God. The question is whether or not you're cooperating with the hand of blessing of God. That's the question. Obedience isn't a matter of whether or not God is going to bless me or not bless me. God has already spoken. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was complete. You've got to get that. Oh, I'm so passionate about this. You have to get this. Jesus' shed blood on the cross was perfect. It was complete. It was everything. It's not a matter of whether God does more or God does less. It's a matter of whether or not my life aligns with what he has already spoken. Jesus said, listen, I am aligning myself with what the Father has said. And because I'm aligning myself with what the Father said, the Father demonstrates his blessing through me on the earth. Jesus said in the same way that I align myself with what is already spoken. If you will align yourself with what is already spoken. The blessing, the manifest glory of God through the Holy Spirit will be a reality in your life. You will see the glory of God. But here we are trying to play this game of partial obedience and bargaining with Jesus. And it just doesn't work. John chapter 15 Verses 5 and 6 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Well, that doesn't sound like warm, fuzzy Jesus, does it? That doesn't sound like popular new age, long haired, flowing robe, hippie Jesus, does it? It doesn't sound like Jesus that you can negotiate with. If you're in me. You're fruitful. If you're not in me. You're not fruitful. If you abide in me. You can do everything. If you're not in me. You can't do anything. Jesus made it very clear. Loving God means that I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to surrender my entire being to Jesus. Loving God means that I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to surrender my entire being to Jesus. Not just part of myself, but all of myself belongs to him. There's nothing off limits. There's nothing that is mine. There is nothing that he cannot touch. What he says is the way that it is. Because the Bible says that if I love him, I obey him. If I love him, I obey him. Any of you ever, any of you with children ever have a kid who, you know, they, you tell them to do something and they kind of, they only do part of what you tell them to do? Do the dishes and you come in and part of the dishes are done, but there's stuff piled over here. What's going on here? What's, I did, I did, I, no, you didn't do the dishes. You did part of it. Partial obedience is an obedience. Partial obedience is an obedience. It's only when all the dishes are done is the job complete, correct? Loving God means that I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to surrender every part of myself. So the areas in my life that I've been holding off limits, now I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, that's the beauty of all of this is in 2022, Randy tried to be happier and have more fun on his own. Tried really, really hard on his own, but didn't realize that I don't have to try on my own to make this happen. I don't have to try on my own to master my emotions. The Holy Spirit can enable me to master my emotions. I don't have to try on my own to manufacture joy. I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can walk in joy no matter what the circumstances is. I told you um, earlier earlier in the year about something called uh, BibleProject.com. I want you to write that down or put it in your phone. BibleProject.com. I want to draw your attention to that because this year during your daily 20, I just we, we want to give you tools as much as possible to help your 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 daily 20 time come alive to you. And um, Bible BibleProject.com is one of these amazing tools that'll help you. In fact, uh, those of you with parent, those of you that are parents, I, I really want to encourage you go to that website. This will be beautiful tool for you to use with your kids. Um, I know if you're a parent, you take responsibility. You understand that as a parent, you are the primary discipler of your children. As a parent, you are the primary discipler of your children. You are the primary discipler of your teenager. This is a tool that you can use, BibleProject.com. And um, in BibleProject.com, I want to, I'll encourage you to go there and watch the video. There's a video there. Uh, and that's what it is. It's a bunch of videos that use animation to explain scripture to you. I want you to go during this week during your daily twenty and watch the video on the book of Jude. Uh, it's so fascinating. I'm going to read from Jude to you. Jude chapter one verses seventeen through twenty one. It says this: But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ that said to you in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. You, I, I will put up on the screen the Jude graphic, and you'll see this when you go to um, BibleProject.com. And basically it animates the book of Jude, and explains the book of Jude to you. Um, what's, what's, what's incredible about the book of Jude is really it's only one chapter, and it's one of the books of the Bible that a lot of people don't pay attention to because there's some really weird stuff in there that we don't understand. Plus it's super short, and uh, people, people just struggle with it. But Jude was written uh, by a man named Judah, that's actually how you pronounce his name. And he was the brother of Jesus. And he wrote this letter to the church. We don't know what particular church he wrote to, uh, but he wrote a letter to the church. And he basically said to them, listen, I wanted to write to you and talk to you about our common salvation and talk to you about this really great, big theological truth. But I couldn't do that because there are these false teachers who have, in, who have come into the church. And as a result of these false teachers coming into the church, I'm really just writing to say this to you, contend for your faith. Keep going. He's like, things are, things are turned upside down right now. And I want to encourage you, contend for the truth. Because there's these false teachers and here's what they've done. These false teachers have turned uh, Christianity and spirituality really into a religion that is all about them enriching themselves and getting money and uh, making it all about getting rich. And they've also taken uh, grace And they've made it really, really cheap. And they basically are saying that you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, with your life, and God loves you anyways, and you, you're, you're good. We're good. These leaders are basically saying we, we can have. Particularly, the issue was around sexuality. They were like, there's no accountability for us around sexuality. We're not going to feel guilty and bad about our sexuality. You shouldn't feel guilty or bad about your sexuality, and uh, we're just going to all get rich, and we're all just going to have sex with whoever we want to. And they had preferred the gospel and turned it into cheap grace where they themselves as religious leaders could do what they want. And so then the people were starting to feel freedom to do whatever they wanted. And nobody was going to, no one was going to be held accountable. And so Jude wrote this letter and said, you know what, you've got you to contend for the faith because this is nonsense. This is garbage. And these people need to be held accountable, and you as the body of Christ, you need to be held accountable. And here's the way, here's what's going to happen. You've got to remember that the same Jesus that's warm and fuzzy and that loves everybody, if you go back and read your Old Testament, uh, you'll find out that he doesn't just uh, let sin go undealt with. And he doesn't allow people who rebel against him, and in particular rebel against his spirit, go undealt with. Now, the cross dealt with sin, but sin is going to be dealt with. And this stuff isn't just going to be allowed to happen. You've got to understand that. So you've got you've to contend for the truth, and you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to stay working inside of you so that you don't fall for this nonsense. You've got to allow the Father to complete his perfect work in you through the Holy Spirit as Jesus' uh, blood is appropriated in your life and cleanses you and makes you whole. The transformative work of the Holy Spirit is going to steady you with truth and sustain you with joy. That's what Jude said to them, and that's also what Jesus said to his disciples. The Holy Spirit is going to transform you and it's going to steady you. He was saying to the church, we don't know which particular church he was writing to, but there's this this open letter to the church and Jude says, listen, in this chaos, in this madness of compromise, the Holy Spirit, he says, pray in the Spirit. The Spirit is going to sustain you and the Spirit is going to cause you to be fruitful and the Spirit is going to cause you to demonstrate the transformative work of God in your life. It's the same thing that Jesus was saying. And he says, Jude says, it's going to happen with joy. Imagine that. In the midst of chaos, you're still going to have joy. It's the same thing that Jesus was saying to his followers. In the midst of madness and chaos, even your own failure and compromise, there's still going to be joy. And it's all possible. Because of the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15 verses 26 and 27 says this. But when the helper comes. This is the same conversation Jesus is having. When the helper comes. Whom I will send to you from the Father. The Spirit of truth. Who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness. Because you have been with me from the beginning. Jesus says you know me. And here's how you know false teachers. And here's how you know that even though you may fail, you're not compromised. You know me, and I know you. You know me, and I know you. I'm in you, and you're in me. There's an interdependence that exists because the Holy Spirit is at work inside of you how do we know how are we going to know Jesus we're about to mess up all of this is change you're going to know because you're going to be obedient to the father in spite of everything you're going to know because truth isn't going to be shaken in you in spite of everything Jude wrote a letter and he said I can't really talk to you about what I want to talk to you about because you're falling for this garbage by these false teachers But there's some bigger theological things that we really need to be talking about. How do we get there? How do we have those conversations? How do we move forward as the body of Christ? With the help of the Holy Spirit. That's how we know truth. With the help of the Holy Spirit. That's how we discern truth. With the help of the Holy Spirit. That's how we remain faithful. With the help of the Holy Spirit, that's how we are fruitful.